0: Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And your final reminder, only a few hours left to jump in on our sale at the CHGO Locker. That sale ends today, Friday, so get that 25% off deal at chgolocker.com. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Voysin and Mario Tiribasi as always. But as we begin our Central Division preview episodes, we're going to welcome in from our sister station in Denver, DNVR Avalanche host, AJ Hafley. AJ, thanks for jumping on, man. I know it's early, 9 a.m. We're all recording. We all have the sand in our eyes and uh, <laughs> feel a little sleepy, but we're going to get it done. Hockey hockey will wake up anybody, right? That's the idea anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime. time... Uh... You know, during the cup run, I was waking up at like had the alarm set for like six o'clock in the morning, and I'd wake up and do a radio hit in like Calgary and go back to sleep. <laughs> so this is just like this is this is like the glory days.
0: Yeah, the the cup runs. I was doing them back at six seventy. The score. I was I was hosting post game shows after every game, and then I had to be at work the next morning at five. So I basically went home, slept for three hours, and would go back to work. But it's it's all worth it for those Stanley Cups. And uh, congratulations, first and foremost, uh, to you, to DNVR, to everybody who put all that great work in. It's, it is quite wonderful when you're able to cover the best team in hockey, and that's something that uh, you guys got to do this season. And it looks like you'll be doing for the next three or four years. We're sure hoping. Uh, you know,
1: we uh... – We feel we feel pretty optimistic that we're gonna be in for uh, a pretty fun couple of years and uh, just trying to chase down the glory that you guys got. Well, make sure (laughs) if
0: anything happens behind the scenes, you take care of it right away, Um, because it tends to ruin things for a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know when that crap happens. But so I wanted to ask you, you know, Avs are. We were talking about this the other day. Like in the West, who's gonna beat the Avalanche? We really couldn't come up with anyone that. Seems like a legitimate threat. So for you, AJ, what is like what is the biggest obstacle uh, for the ABS winning another cup, or at least you know making another deep playoff run? Like, what's the, what's the thing they need to address? What's the loss that's going to hurt? Like, what what is the one thing you think could be? Uh, you know, not so sure if uh, if the cups not going to be uh, two in a row here. Um,
1: you know. <laughs> I, it, it's so funny. You ask that, and like people look at the Avs roster and are like, "What's the issue here?" <laughs> but like, let's be real here. They traded for and gave a contract he arguably didn't earn to a goaltender who was a sub 900 backup goalie last year. Like, they're just turning over that position to a guy that has been on a steady decline. And had an opportunity to take a starter job a couple of years ago. Didn't. And then, obviously, like, he makes way for a guy who's putting up historic numbers early in his career. But they tried to make that guy the starter. And so with Alexander Georgiev, like, there's nothing is proven. And it just seems like everybody has sort of shrugged their shoulders and gone, well, it's Colorado, so it'll work out. But, like... (laughs) if you fast forward eight months and this hasn't worked out, everybody could easily look back and go, that was kind of dumb, wasn't it? But because they've gotten it right, because they've made so many good decisions, they've just sort of earned the benefit of the doubt from people, uh, myself included. Like I, as much as I'm like, look, I'm on paper. What are you doing? But the, the the success that they have had uh it's it's just it's so hard to argue with it where you're just like all right well <laughs> I guess I, I guess we'll just take this leap of faith with you and see how it goes and uh, but if it doesn't work out you know Pablo is a good backup and we've always we've always said that if he had to be a starter it probably wouldn't go particularly well. I don't think it would be a train wreck or anything. But I think at his best, Frankie would probably be a low end starter. Um even even during the the sweep of the Oilers where he played all the all the all four games. He wasn't great. You saw the ups and downs uh with him where he came in, he got a shutout, and then he got progressively worse as that series went on, and the abs had to outscore their Frankie problem all of a sudden. Um and as soon as Darcy Kemper could see, he was back in net. Yeah. So uh it's it's not you know, Frankie's Frankie's like good, solid, reliable in in some in some respects, but Alexander Georgiev is a total unknown there and it it's an interesting perception because Darcy Kemper was excellent during the regular season. And after after the postseason where it was complicated, you know, they're it was very up and down for him. The numbers were bad. He would let in what felt like a soft goal every night. But then, even at the even in the in the Stanley Cup Final, he shut the door. You know, when they absolutely needed it to, they won a two-one game on the road where he outbattles Andre Vasilevsky. Do I have the confidence that Alexander Georgiev or Pavel Francouz is going to be able to put up that kind of performance in that exact situation next year? Today. On on August twenty sixth, no, I don't have that confidence. So that's that would be my number one thing that that says I'm nervous about going into the season. That's the thing that keeps them from, you know, put putting up a putting up a repeat.
2: One of the guys that is coming back next year and had a career season last year is uh, Valerie. Nick Nick Kuchin, I know I'm, I butchered that. That's why I write. I don't. Uh, I'm not great at last names. But I'll always remember him for the time in his rookie season with Dallas that Pat Foley referred to him as a talented Soviet player on the air. Um, yes, that actually happened. Um, so uh, he had a career year last year. 25 goals in a regular season. Huge in the playoffs. It seemed that every time you guys needed that big goal It was him that came up with it, especially the second half of that run there. Then he gets the big contract huge contract Everybody I joked a lot during the playoffs saying man every goal that he scores is he's getting one step closer to getting The general manager fired with his next contract <laughs> and it turned out to be you guys at eight years forty nine million dollars Uh, What are your thoughts is that did you want that? were you a little nervous about a a contract that big for a guy coming off a career year or would you have rather kept a guy like nazim kadri instead
1: uh nazim kadri was great uh for the for them during the run and he was a he was a spiritual centerpiece for them uh something for them to really rally around and he really his toughness The grittiness and the edge that he played with, and the skill and the heart that he showed—I mean, it really is what drove the bus for them last year. Was skill players playing like, but you know, playing hearts out like role players like that? You know, there was no softness in that lineup, so they're really gonna miss Nas. But uh, there's a financial reality, and there's a there's a component, you know, the to life that we all have to that that we all have to contend with uh, called aging. And Kadri's just on the wrong end of that. And uh, there was no, for me personally, there was no temptation to keep that relationship going unless Kadri did something that was genuinely irresponsible. Um, I wanted him to chase the bag. I wanted him to get paid. I wanted him to do all those things that he deserved to do. Um, I just didn't want, you know, from a Colorado perspective, I just didn't want the abs to pay for the decline. Um, The the Nachushkin thing... (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) <sighs> <laughs> it's. It was obvious at the end of the run that he was indispensable. You didn't want to lose that guy. He had become such an important player uh, for them, a two-way guy. He had become such an important piece. And then him on one line and Arturi Lekkanen on another line, the way that those guys forecheck and the way that they skate and the defensive value that they were providing on separate lines, it really it seemed to take... Colorado's five V five play to a different level. Uh, cause if you go and you go and you look, those guys were even in the Stanley cup final against, against the lightning, they were done. They were just dominating. Like they were out there just eating up Tampa's best, best on best. The abs were just eating them up and Tampa ended up uh, their only means of success at the end of that series, they sold out defensively to try and, uh, to, to try and stop them and and win one nothing. That was their that was their game plan, that was their hope. And shocker, it didn't work. But Nuchushkin was a big part of that and he you know, he he earned certainly a pay raise, he earned uh, an extension of faith from from the Avalanche front office, but oh my god. And when it when it came to, we knew it was going to be expensive. I I was I thought it was going to top out at 6 million. I thought it was probably going to top out at six or seven years. When it came out that they gave him over six and an eighth year, there had to be somebody out there that was in his ear offering something downright irresponsible on the (laughs) open market because like a a seven-by-seven kind of thing had to be in play for that guy. Um, I'm nervous. The entire scoring environment in the NHL was way up last year. So when oh that guy had a career year okay well who didn't yeah you know like last year's last year's scoring environment was bananas it looked it looked like 1991 out there mm-hmm. and I
0: mean we look at like Ryan Hartman like all, all of a sudden Ryan Hartman is <laughs> one of the best yeah. Sport,
3: you know. yeah Chris Chris Kreider scores fifty goals yeah
1: exactly exactly like you're you're talking about like a bunch of these guys are gonna get done and they're gonna be like oh yeah my career year is twenty one twenty two <laughs> and it, it, a bunch of guys that are never going to come close to doing it, have never come close to doing that before, uh, won't probably won't do it again. If Nachushkin is a product of that overall environment and he goes back to a 30-point player, the Avs are in trouble. They're in big trouble because they just rolled the dice and banked in a major way that Val is has legitimately taken the step forward uh, to a a true blue bona fide top six guy who still brings the elite defense drives the, the hell out of play on offense, but has added enough finishing and playmaking that you could comfortably put him next to your skill players all game long, every single shift, not just moonlighting there anymore, but is there and will stay there. And I'm, I'm nervous that, he goes, you know, he's a 40-point guy who had one really great year. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm a, a numbers guy. I look at history. I look at trends and aging curves and all that. This is his prime. So I'm hopeful that, hey, they're going to get three excellent years out of it before they start worrying about how this thing ages. And maybe maybe by then the salary cap takes the big jump and 6000000 million doesn't feel like quite the pain point that it does right now. And whatever happens happens so that's kind of my hope for it but it is absolutely a thing that I'm like oh jeez. <laughs> so so
2: back to Kadri for two seconds here what you're saying it's totally legal for a general manager not to pay for the decline after winning a championship I, we didn't know that here in Chicago <laughs> I, I wish I wish the uh, he who shall not be named was aware that that was within the rule book.
1: You you joke, but you look at Colorado salary cap right now. They've got they, they now have Arturi Lekkinen, Val Nichushkin, and Gabe Landeskog all on the books into their thirties. Mm-hmm. So this is the ride or die group. This is either going to be the it. dynasty or the one-time <laughs> thing, uh, where we end up looking back on it like, wow, they should not have paid everybody.
2: Right. Well, when, it's such a double-edged sword because if you don't, then your general manager's a bum. But then, in five years after three cups and everybody's declining, your general manager's a bum. It's a no-win situation. It's a what have yeah, you done for me lately?
1: Oh, being a GM is horrible. Nobody likes it Except you, for the ever. paycheck.
2: Except, yeah. except for the paycheck.
1: Yeah. Well, when you look at those deals
3: and then you look at, you know, Nathan McKinnon needing a new contract, where where do you kind of look at that as a storyline going into this season?
1: It's getting bigger Uh, every, every day that it, uh, that he does not have a deal in hand is a, is a day closer to him leaving the organization. And look, they, this is, this is a, an organization that played chicken with their, with Gabe Landeskog. They walked him right up until they literally came to an agreement two minutes before the deadline where they could no longer give him an eight year deal. Like they played chicken, (laughs) With with Landeskog and and they they have shown that they will draw their line in the sand and they'll wait and they will they will have you know that the eighth year is a thing that they can offer they can only they'll but they will find a price point and 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 they'll stop they they they'll wait they they are kind of cold blooded that way that they don't really do a lot of giving there um, that you know they they've they've used the eighth year on Landeskog they've used the eighth year on Nichushkin. Do we really have to wait all year and, and walk right up to the precipice of free agency to, to, to offer the eighth year to Nathan McKinnon? It's Nathan McKinnon. I mean, come on. Right. The guy has been an, uh, an obscene postseason performer in his career, uh, and, and we haven't even seen the best he has to give in the regular season yet. So let's just get this done and, you know, not have to worry about it because it's a – you know, I'm not super concerned with it, but – again every day that that guy gets closer to free agency is is a little he gets a, just a little more comfortable with the idea of not being an app forever
0: well i mean look he, i was listening to elliot friedman yesterday on 32 thoughts and he and he very much thought that nathan mckinnon's contract could very well make him the highest paid player in hockey uh beyond the 12.5 million that connor mcdavid makes and and you when you're looking at like who are the people you want to sign long-term? I can't think of another guy in hockey I would bank on and bet on more long-term, aside from McDavid, than McKinnon. I, I just think that he is that good. And, and you mentioning, you know, maybe if you're going, you know, you're playing NHL 22 and saying, who are the best players? Maybe you think about Austin Matthews. Maybe you think about some others ahead of him. I don't because of, po- of the postseason performance. He is unbelievable in the postseason. And the whole point of hockey is, is to win the Stanley Cup. And when you've got a guy like that, I think, you know, it it might hurt you down the road. But you've got, I think you have to give him at least what McDavid makes.
1: Yeah, I mean, whatever. Whatever those negotiations look like, I'm very open to.
0: Yeah, like there's no hesitation from you to do that, right? No, I mean,
1: if if he's asking for like, like 14 and a half right now, then I can understand why there's a negotiation going on. Sure, But if he's like, I want 12.6. Like, cool.
0: Like, <laughs> let's just do this and be done with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not happening it for less than 12. There's no shot. I think, I think at
1: this point.
0: point, yeah,
1: at this point, because, uh, I was telling my wife last night, I was like, look, cause we were talking about this exact thing. I said, Hey, if, uh, if, if he was okay with like 11.5 or whatever, and giving that hometown discount that he talked about a couple of years ago, this would be done. Yeah, it'd be done already. Yep. Absolutely. So there's a negotiation that's taking place, and everybody knows where everybody stands, and we'll see. But uh, it's it's like it's like the uncomfortable thing in Avsland right now, where you're just like, uh, I'll whine about the 2C, and I'll worry about Georgiev, but like there's like the shadow that gets a little bigger every day that looms <laughs> over everything. Yeah.
0: Well, we want to ask you while we have you here, AJ, um, the Blackhawks signed defenseman Jack Johnson, who won the cup with the Avs last year and ended up playing in more playoff games uh, than he did not play in. And pretty impressive, uh, whatever you thought of him at the time, coming off a PTO and becoming such a meaningful player uh, for the Avs. What can the Blackhawks fans expect? And were you sort of surprised to not see him uh, land back in Colorado
1: I was a little surprised to that he that he left the Avs, but also the Avs have been in this really weird holding pattern where they brought in Georgiev and then stopped in terms of signing outside players for the NHL roster. They they made all their AHL moves and then that they haven't brought anybody else in for for the roster, you know, it's alright, run it back, but let Jack Johnson go. You know, okay. And and Jack Johnson gets a raise with the Blackhawks, uh, so good for good for Jack. He was he was great for for the Avs uh, last year as as like a guy and and just a, again like a heart and soul guy for them. Um, he's gonna be basically his jersey should just say like fifth round pick or whatever, because <laughs> like that's the point of this, and we all know this. Right. Like everybody knows this going in what the score is here that. Jack Johnson's not going to be long-term Blackhawk. He's, he's going to get walked an awful lot. He's slow afoot. Um, uh, he's still the same guy that frustrated fa- every fan base he's ever, uh, ever played in front of, uh, that all of that still exists. He's still not great with the puck. Um, it, it, the, even, even with as many games as he played and, in the postseason and all that, his ice time was way down. Um, he there were there were nights where he's playing nine minutes like Jared bedner even was like look i i trust him but to a point right. um uh, and that was that was really it uh i i don't know what the plan is how often he's gonna play for you guys or what uh what what kind of usage or any of that is is gonna look like but the the expectations can't be high at all. I I, I don't know why they would be. I mean, Excellent. he got sheltered <laughs> majorly in Colorado. That he won't have that luxury in Chicago. And any role that sees him playing more than fifteen minutes a night is going to see is set is setting him up to disappoint you.
0: Yeah, that's, well, we that, don't that, it,
1: plan. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what we're aiming for here. Fifth <laughs> yeah. round
2: pick and help us get Connor Bedard, baby. Do your worst. Yeah. <laughs> we're
1: we're expecting disappointment. <laughs> well, and that I mean, in the if if the goal is to try and uh, uh, help you guys give up a few extra goals per game, he'll certainly do his best to try. Yeah. Not, uh, he's just at this point, you know, uh, there was there was a time for Jack Johnson, and that time, a time is done, and now he's just cashing an NHL paycheck, which yeah.
0: good for him. Yeah,
1: legitimately.
0: I've got one more for you, AJ. I'm not sure about the other guys, but the, we've heard, uh, you know. You talk about your big shadow over the season. Ours are the futures of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. And uh, Colorado and Kane are two names that have been connected for quite a while. And who knows what the reality of that is. But if if Hawks fans are looking at the system of the avalanche and some young players to keep an eye on that might make that deal happen, uh, who are some of the young prospects in the avalanche system they might be willing to part with if they wanted to add Patrick Kane for a playoff run? Kale McCarr. <laughs> and why is it Kale McCarr?
1: <laughs> you can't have our unicorn. Best player no in hockey. No, we can we can talk about the people on the roster, but you can't touch the alien. Yeah, that works. Um, it's really like I think it would probably start with Sean Barons, uh, the young defenseman that's at DU right now. Um, I'm all in on Sean Barons being an NHL player and probably a pretty decent one. Uh, there will be a, a cap there because he's five foot nine but he's real smart and he's he does not know that he's five foot nine he plays like he's six two um, plays with a, a pretty big attitude and edge uh, physicality you don't expect and uh, was really really instrumental in the pios championship run this last year uh, as Colorado became the true state of hockey uh, with all the all the winning that we did in hockey hard yeah I mean, high school, college, and the NHL. What do you want from us? Minnesota, Minnesota's just a Minnesota, a yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretender. State of pretenders, man.
2: We, we um, used to, there was a Twitter thing here in Chicago for a while where people would call Chicago the state of hockey, and people in Minnesota would be like, Chicago's not a state. Like, thanks for playing right into it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, Look, it's good to see that the education is working up there. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you think about a guy like Alex Newhook? Uh I think that we'll see. Um that's a that's a guy that I think that they're really hoping for a big leap for for this year. Uh I think that for Patrick Kane, I it would make sense. Like I that would be a smart guy for them to target, but he is also a guy that could be their future two C, you know, where he there isn't really anybody behind him that has that potential. So uh, I think that uh, their most recent first-round pick, Oscar olison would be a guy that they would prefer to probably move in that deal, as well as a, as their 2023 first. Um, I think that's probably where they would want to start. They wouldn't want to take. They wouldn't want to be pulling guys off their NHL roster. Uh, I will say that their interest in a guy like Kane, um, just from my digging around and, and poking around, um, is real. And that them sitting on three point nine, roughly three point nine million of cap space right now, makes me wonder if they're getting a head start on the cap accrual process so that they could they could go into the season with a head start on a bunch of teams that might have an interest in acquiring him at the deadline, with obviously maximum retention being involved. Yeah, right. Um, but for 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 the one year, you're like, who cares how much actually ends up getting? Uh, retained it doesn't matter yeah as long as you can fit the guy in it's like that's the point Mm -hmm. Um, that's
2: an interesting thing and i looked at on their thing if they do give up the 2023 first round pick to get a kink obviously that's going to be included um especially for this year's draft that means the Avalanche wouldn't have a draft pick to the fifth round and maybe one of the deepest draft classes we've seen in a while is that worrisome or as long as you get a cup this year who cares
1: Um, well, they didn't have a pick to the sixth round this last year. Uh, so, you know, my hope would be that, Hey, if you're going to throw in that first, add the fifth and bring Jack Johnson back, right? Like (laughs) get rid of them all, man, get rid of them all. Um, I'm, I'm not too concerned about it because, uh, they've got three defensemen in their top four that are 24 or younger. They've, you know, McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen, Nichushkin, Leckie, all in their primes, all in their 20s. Although I think Landy's 29, so like now I get to feel old remembering his draft year. <laughs> uh, but like, like their their team is like set up. Like they're not, they're not, there are not many spots for young guys to really come in. Like there's not many like high end spots for young guys to come in and compete for positions right now. Uh, you know, Newhook, uh, Newhook is a guy that's going to take one of those jobs. Uh, the the kid that they signed out of Minnesota, which angered all of the state of Minnesota, and Ben Myers will be on the NHL team next year. Um, they're just, there really just isn't a whole lot of room for them in meaningful, like real, like top nine forwards, top four defensemen. That stuff's more or less taken at this point. Um, and, and will be for the foreseeable future. So, uh, not having a couple of, a couple of years of draft picks, uh, to bolster the NHL roster is fine. At some point you got to stop. You can't just live like that now. Um, and the 2023, oh, it's the deepest, this it's that it's whatever, you know, the high end of it is incredible. We hear about how deep draft classes are, but we never really know how deep they actually are until seven years down the road. And it's at the top that the 2023 class has everybody buzzing. It's 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 Bedard, it's Michkoff, it's Fantilli, it's those guys that have everybody all in a tizzy. Where if you lose the Bedard thing, you know maybe this is like 2015 where you know there's an Eichel or a Marner sitting right there for you. Right. So that's I think that's where the the 23 buzz is really is is really kicked off. Uh, we'll see how deep it ends up being. Either way, I'm not expecting a wherever Colorado ends up picking for it to be, uh, you know, a stud right away or anything like that. Um, I'm fine. They, I expect they'll move that pick at some point uh, to, to fill whatever hole emerges as the year moves on. Um, it's fine. I don't mind them moving on from draft
0: picks. They're allowed to do that.
1: Well, Chase cups, you know, man. when the result yeah, is cups, exactly. that's uh, you're, you're right.
0: more than willing to do it. And, you live with what, like, just like the Blackhawks are doing right now, you sort of live with the aftermath of the Cup era. And you got to, and, and finally, 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 probably four years behind schedule, the Hawks are actually properly rebuilding. So, AJ, we want to thank you for taking some time out, man. We know uh, we kept you a little longer than we promised. So, thank you. Make sure you check out the DNVR Avalanche podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it often. Uh, we appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Yeah, I
1: appreciate it. Thank
0: you. All right, be well. Thanks, AJ. That was aj Hafley from the dnvr avalanche podcast we thank him for his time that was great uh, we're going to get to a lot of that uh, up next but first we got to tell you about our friends at points bet as i stall to find my ad copy and there it is <laughs> points bet sportsbook is counting down the days until the football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off from now until september 8th points bet power hour will unlock a new daily offer from noon to 1 p.m. Central. Sign up for points bet now using the code CHGO to also get risk-free bets up to two grand. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th, but that's not it. If you make a $51 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership that'll get you all of our great web content, and you'll... well, web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Download the PointsBet app today, use the code CHGO, and take advantage of this limited-time offer. Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And since CHGO
2: already has you covered for the best Sports coverage of all your favorite Chicago teams. Why don't you go out and get fitted in the best gear around from said favorite Chicago teams and that's where you turn to our pals over at foco Who have have you covered from soldier field to the front room the north or south side? They've got hoodies slippers signs bobbleheads and everything you can imagine in between and when I say everything I mean everything this site has got things with Blackhawk logos on it that you had no idea you can get Uh, So get decked out like our guy, Jack Johnson, will be for at least four months with apparel from (laughs) the leader in sports and merch and collectibles. That's FOCO. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, the hockey fan, basketball fan, those fall sports, they're coming quickly. Thank God. FOCO has you covered with hoodies that will fight the Lake Michigan breeze. So check out our friends at FOCO. That's F-O-C-O dot com. Or if you're watching one of our great YouTube shows, not this particular episode, but all our other episodes, the link is always in the description. And as a special bonus, you can use the promo code CHGO for an extra 10% off all non pre sale items at FocoFOCO.com. Well,
0: that was good. That was fun to talk to AJ about that. And I think what we take away from that is Jack Johnson is exactly what we think he's going to be which yeah. is a, an adventure defensively. Uh, cannot be sheltered here like he was in Colorado. Uh, but a good locker room guy, which is great for a rebuild. And that the Patrick Kane interest is real with Colorado. And that was one of the first names, you know, after the season ended. I'm trying to, like, pretty early in the offseason, we heard that Colorado was even looking to bring in Patrick Kane last year. Last somebody year. even
2: started coming out right after the trade deadline. Yeah. Like before the season even ended. They were one of the first teams that, Guys like Friedman had said, Yeah, they they kicked the tires there, but there was nothing happening. So Colorado
3: was looking, yeah. 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 So that's I mean, interesting. I
2: look I look at their their I don't I don't know if they've got enough if they're not gonna if they're if like a guy like New Hook is a the guy they don't want to trade, I don't know if they got enough to pull it off. Right. Again, things can change between now and then and they don't have a lot of draft capital as it, as we it, talked about
3: and it's like the first round pick. Okay, cool. 30th overall. Great. Right, like that's right. like it can't just be first round pick and a mid-level prospect cuz that's not enough. No, nope. it's
2: got to be first, it it's got to be first this year, maybe next year too. Alex Newhook and one of their better s- prospects s- somebody is like a starting that, yeah. point. Yeah. I don't know if they have enough to pull it off. Maybe at the deadline uh or maybe somebody else is is desperate enough to really give you that at it but the yeah. Hawks will have all the leverage here actually it's Patrick Kane that has all the leverage here it doesn't as I said yesterday it doesn't matter if there's nine teams offering you the world for Patrick Kane if he doesn't want to go play for any of them it doesn't matter yeah uh, if, I would imagine playing in Colorado would be really fun for Patrick Kane if he sure wants it would to, be. it'd be fun if for if everybody like, <laughs> yeah it would be a lot of fun uh to see him on that line that that team um you know if he wants to win a Stanley Cup that's the first place I'm looking Mm-hmm. Um. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. So many things can happen, obviously, between now and the start of the season. Obviously, the trade deadline, and and you know, it's a storyline that isn't going to go away for us until it goes away.
0: Well, that's the thing, though. Like you're talking about the first round pick and the value there. Any team looking to bring on Patrick Kane is going to be picking towards the bottom of the first round. Right. So sure, that's why you. Got, so th- that's why
2: you got to hit the prospects,
0: right? And I think. The name New Hook is really interesting. And when you look at Colorado's, you know, roster, Bowen Byram's not a guy they're gonna move to rent no. you know, Patrick Kane. Like that would be no. great, but it's it's just unrealistic. So By, Byram and Makar are like
3: that's a potential duo that they're gonna have for the next like decade. Yeah. So like Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. That's, that's
2: that's a that's a Hall of Fame potential duo right there. Um the only question mark I have that with that is is obviously Byram's – uh health issues if he can get over that the kid's got a tremendous career in front of him and we know mccarr is already he's yeah he's already an mvp yeah
0: (sighs) yeah so it's basically just going to be you know well again the the other wild card here is kyle davidson can't just say here's the best offer patrick kane has to also want to go to that place
3: he'd have to accept it so i'm not
0: trying to like I guess I am. I'm trying to temper expectation with this Patrick Kane trade. I don't think it's going to be something that completely like in one swoop revitalizes your franchise because you're only dealing with contenders. So at best, you're getting a low first round pick plus uh, contenders aren't necessarily looking to move good players off their roster. Right? So when you like, like Alex Newhook is the kind of player, if you're looking at someone with NHL experience, that's young, that could be the final piece to a trade like that. Somebody like that, which, whatever, whatever team you're looking at, but they're not going to trade Bowen Byram like, you know, like the Hawks in the prime. We're going to trade Nicholas Jalmerson or whatever young defenseman to bring in the two center as a rental for a playoff run. No, it doesn't make sense. That person's too important to your franchise. So just as we move here, yes, I think the return will be significant for Patrick Kane if there is one at all if he leaves, but it's not going to be you know multiple first multiple prospects it's just not i think you're looking at a first a decent prospect and and maybe a a, a roster player if that it's to make the money work um so yeah no i don't think i
2: think we learned our lesson with the alex de Brinkett trade that maybe uh are we as chicago fans we way overvalue uh, our players on the trade market compared to what other nhl gms overvalue so i would think You know, if there was another year on Kane's contract, yes, that value shoots up big time. But for three months of Patrick Kane, you're not going to get the world. You're going to get a really nice return. Uh, He's obviously got the most value over any of those guys you're going to be able to trade at the deadline. But let's not think that, like, we're going to, what we get from Patrick Kane is going to make us a playoff team immediately. It's not going to happen.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, but one funny thing, listening to AJ talk, and it brought back memories, like Stanley Cup champions, probably the odds-on favorite heading in this year, and, well, we don't have a second center, and we don't trust our goaltender. My God, does that <laughs> sound exactly like those Cup teams here in Chicago. We need that second centerman, and I don't like our goalie. Memories, man, memories. Right. Well, and yeah. even,
0: like, you know, you look at Darcy Kemper, had like a, a Corey Crawford playoff, right? Like, where early on it's like, oh god, he's letting in some really? softies, and they've got to overcome what he's doing. But then when it comes time to to put the clamps on, uh, he did it, and I was very surprised they let Kemper go. I, th- yeah, their goaltending situation is you know, and Georgiev is has been impressive in his in his young career so far. We saw Franco have the game of his life against uh, what was it the Penguins? What was the game where he? uh had like a he had, he had called it in relief. What's like a, some story about him like eating a a sandwich or something like intermission, and he was. No, you're thinking of, Louis, of you're thinking of
2: Louis Domingue with the penguins, you're right? Yes, yeah, yes, when he had this, the 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 spicy beef and broccoli. Yes, spicy okay, pork did Franco yeah, have spicy. a great
0: game against the Hawks? Is that what is that what Probably. I'm Probably, he's a goalie against the Hawks. <laughs> <That's> I'm <laughs> sure he did. I'm sure that's he true. Did. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm getting Louis Domingue and Pavel Franco mixed up, but yeah. No,
3: yeah. I mean, I mean, Franco. Yeah, there were you know he was he was in his time with Colorado. He's kind of been like. In one A one B territory the entire time, so yeah, I mean he's he's not a bad option to have as as a backup who could end up like like AJ was saying like in a pinch he could be a starter, but it's not necessarily like ideal you want to trust it. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. he's there, Scott darling. Like you can you can roll with him for five or six games, but anything beyond that you're kind early, of pushing yeah, your luck.
3: Early um, early anti Ranta where you could be like yeah he could be a starter, but he doesn't necessarily need to be at this right. point. But, yeah, I mean, there's worse goaltending situations to have than than what Colorado has. and
0: Don't look too far. <laughs> and, and obviously... The difference is
2: they can score goals. Right. I was, was going
3: to say, obviously, you know, AJ kind of played it down a bit. But, you know, yes, playing for Colorado makes your goaltender uh, issues a little less worrisome because you have uh, a Stanley Cup roster in front of them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about them if uh, if if I was Colorado. Too much. It's just funny his his demeanor. It just reminds me of like when I was like twenty four and I was just like, "Who cares about five years from now? Like they're just they're just going to win a Stanley Cup now, and we'll figure it out later." Like that was the mentality of just like being a Blackhawks fan back then. It's just like, "Hey, yeah. you only have uh, one pick in the first four rounds." So do you see this Stanley Cup yeah. over my shoulder? Like I don't nah, care. Right. Like you know. No. Well, see, but he's the, sim- like- the
2: similarities between the Hawks' uh, the heyday and the Avalanche right now are pretty, pretty eerie to this point. Like, they're similar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, they've uh, got they've got the studs. They've got their core. They just yeah. You can't you can't own the puck for more than eight seconds at a time when they're on their gate when they're on their a game. I mean, they mm-hmm. proved that against Tampa. Like we don't a- need. It... We don't need an all-world goalie to beat you. Like those, those are the those are the, cup, the Hawks teams.
3: The NHL roster is set for the next five years. So what do young yeah. players have to have to do? Like yeah.
0: Why do we even have an AHL team? We don't need it.
3: <laughs> we don't need draft picks.
0: So who is uh, Brian Bickle? Is it Lekanin or oh, Nikushkin? Nikushkin. I don't know. why I can't say oh that when God. I look at it, my brain s- freezes. Nikushkin. Yeah. It's just like it's spelled. Nikushkin. Nikushkin. Yeah, it's a.
2: T- I can't. I. I'm terrible with any name that has more than four consonants in it. Like I'm done. <laughs> I can't do it. So this again as I've said many times. It's why I got into writing and not
0: announcing. Yeah. Let's talk about can, Darren Helm yeah. then, shall we? Yes, yeah. that's my guy. I can, <laughs>
2: Helm, Helm, that's an easy one.
0: 57-year-old um, Darren yeah. Helm. But AJ's point, he's like, oh, we got a lot of guys like signed into their 30s. It's like, well, <laughs> Yeah, well, they're
3: 27 right yeah. now, so he, he who shall not be named would sign who? them
0: in their 30s into their in, 40s. Enjoy yeah. it, yeah. Oh,
2: no, we've got a bunch of talented guys signed through the primes of their career and they're going to win multiple cups in a row. Oh, no. I think he knows.
0: it's an an embarrassment of riches and he knows it when
2: nathan mckinnon's 35 and you're on your fourth cup in five years no one's gonna give a rat's ass
0: the the mckinnon thing is interesting the similarities though real quick mario sorry are are just so funny like when people would ask any of us you know before the cup runs like "Oh, what are the hawks biggest needs like going into the season like i don't know they could probably use like a seventh defenseman or something in, in <laughs> case somebody gets hurt yeah you know like can we bring policy? back john, can we bring like, back yeah. john madden <laughs> <laughs> right it might be nice to have like an all-star second line center if if one's available and they always seem to be available <laughs> somehow like it's just god yeah. the embarrassment of riches uh it, i hope these colorado guys uh enjoy and, and the tampa people too uh truly like appreciate what they have and what they had because it's just it, – we know now a lot of Hawks fans who jumped on during the bad bandwagon are learning how fleeting this is. It super, does not last.
3: Super teams in a hard cap league do yeah. not last long.
0: Right. Nope. nope.
2: That's why the salary caps got to go away. But that's, well, that's a discussion for another episode. Luxury tax. About, mm-hmm. We talk about trade returns. It was funny. Yesterday when I was finishing up my um, This Week in Chicago Blackhawks history column, which is available on all – chgo.com if you want to become a member you can read that get a t-shirt you can wear your blackhawks chgo blackhawks podcast t-shirt while reading all of our great content um, uh, Brendan Hagel's birthday is coming up at the end of uh, this upcoming week and I looked up you know just to make sure I had my information right and it was like wow all that stuff Tampa Bay gave up and granted they still have them for a few more years he had two goals and six points in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and they gave up two first-round picks for that. That's just... I mean, I know there's more to his game than that, but, man, that might come back as being one of, like... Depending on who those first-round picks turn into, that can come back as being, like, an all-timer for, for Kyle Davidson.
3: But it's also, you know, he had he has two years left this year and next right. on, on his deal. So for a team like Tampa to have a guy at 23, 24 years old million and a half dollars to for two more years when you're out you know extending uh anthony sorelli for eight years and who else did they give a massive contract to uh sergeyev like yeah. when you're when you're when you're lining up these guys to have someone like hagel cheap for the next two years makes makes a difference and yeah i mean his role was completely different in tampa than it was in chicago he wasn't getting 18 minutes and playing in the top six and on power play it was definitely sheltered but yeah, I, I I you know having the two first round picks is nice. We'll see what Radish and Kachuk can can bring to the table in uh, a full season, and go from there. But yeah, happy yeah. birthday to Brandon coming up.
2: Coming up, I believe it's the thirtieth or twenty ninth, something like that. It's coming. Find out,
3: out at
0: allchgo.com. Yes, <laughs> we're not going to spoil <laughs> you'll, you'll it. You got to go read it. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, don't don't Google it. Just go, yeah. Go there's, to no our, o- go there's no go other no other way to ch- find it. it. And you'll
0: see the correct date.
2: Yes. I, I, I scrubbed it from the internet. The only place you can find <laughs> yeah. out the day he was born is my history column.
0: So, yes. you, uh, Mario, you had a point about Nathan McKinnon. And for those that don't know and couldn't pick up from it uh, on our interview, uh, he has this year left at 6.3. Then he's unrestricted. Um, looking at this Avalanche roster, this is how you handle a salary cap, right? Like, oh, yeah. Mikko Rantanen has uh, three years left at 925 Landeskog is signed for the foreseeable future until twenty eight twenty nine at seven million. Seven million. So even uh, Nish, <laughs> Nikushkin, and Leckonen are signed long term, but it's six point one and four point five. Like there's just Kale McCarr has got a huge deal nine million until twenty twenty six twenty seven. That's fine. Worth it. Yeah. Still, yes, he's underpaid. I mean, he's, he's, he's underpaid. Paid a right. million and a half dollars less than Jonathan Tays and Patrick Kane were paid eight years ago. Right. Like he is, he, you could argue that Kale McCarr is the best player in hockey. You can make that argument. And yeah, yeah. you know, you look at Connor McDavid it's and, and what the, he does, yeah. yes, but like in terms He's of a, the unicorn, the alien that AJ was referring to, there is no other Kale McCarr. Yeah. Kale McCarr does what Connor
2: McDavid does playing defense. <laughs> like mm. it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. When, he, when, when he signed at nine million, I was just like, that's a fan, that's maybe the best contract in, in all of hockey. Like, he should be a ten million dollar player. No, no doubt. If he was a forward, he'd be he'd be 12 and a half. So I don't know wh- why playing defense is less and less valuable. I don't understand that. But
0: to me, it's more valuable. Yeah, yeah look at, look uh, at the uh, way look, teams are winning. I mean, exactly.
3: I mean, look at. I mean, we've talked about it before. Like, like McCarr could be a, a, a you know a Norris finalist. Just pencil him in for the next eight years, and and no one would bat an eye at it. So he, when you have a player like that, like at nine million, he, like that's incredible.
0: Yeah, McCarr's going to get to the point where he's not winning Norris trophies simply because he's won too many.
3: Right. People are going to be like, being, oh, that's boring. We know Kale McCarr is great, so let's give it to somebody else. Yeah,
0: like Jordan when Carl Malone and that sort of, you know, like, oh, we yeah. got to give it to somebody else this year, I guess. Like, no. right? You, you don't, have, don't to. have to. You don't have to. I mean,
2: yeah. Makar M- is going to have, mul- I'm predicting right now, he's going to have multiple years where he wins the Norris and Hart in the same season.
3: Yeah. Maybe as soon
2: as this upcoming year.
3: Yep. Good. But, I mean, McKinnon's one of those players too, though. You know, he's one of those guys where it's just like, you know, not not the Norris, but, like, he's he could be, should be a contender for, you know, to lead the league in scoring to be the most valuable player. Like, you have a guy like that, you know, he's, what, 26, 27, um, potentially hitting the open market. Like, ooh.
1: That's, He's a guy that that's crazy. even
2: with pretty crazy. even with the cup run last year and winning the Stanley Cup, still criminally underrated in this league. Yeah, like how often does he come up in a discussion as best player? It's always Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews. He's like an afterthought after those two guys. But unlike those two guys, he now has a a, a, a very expensive <laughs> diamond-laid ring coming yeah. his way. The I, other two guys don't aren't even close. So, mm-hmm. um, and that and that's the difference. That's why, honestly, like, if I want to win in the regular season, yeah, I'm giving, I'm taking McDavid or, or Matthews. But the difference there is McKinnon gets it done when it matters most. Not that McDavid doesn't; he just hasn't had the guys around him really do it. But you know, there's been stretches in the postseason where you're like, Hey, Austin Matthews, are you are you playing tonight, bud? Like, you know, th- 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 McKinnon is such a stud in clutch time, and. Even with that cup run, he's still overlooked in the conversation for who's the best player in the NHL, and he's right there with those those two other guys.
0: Yep. It's nice to have two of the best players in the league on your team. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I Edmonton's mean, got that luxury too with Sidle and McDavid. And then, uh, you know, man, that's going to be fun to see. Uh, getting back to the Avalanche and the Central, like, I mean, they're going to win the division, right? I mean, they kind of have to, unless hey. they take their foot off the gas and say, let's just get to the playoffs and see what happens. But they, who they in the Central is
0: going to contend the with them? Well, now that the Hawks didn't get Castle, I feel better about right, Colorado's yeah. chances. <laughs> um, um, double t- double <laughs> agent double agent Jack t- Johnson that, is going to help the uh, avalanche. Yeah.
3: was the tipping point, yeah.
0: yeah
2: but they like, should, who, I mean, they who win in the West? Central? The Central, no one's going to – like the Blues are going to go in with – I mean, the Blues are going to be annoying and they're going to win a lot of games – but Jordan Bennington—that's that's who they're that's what who they're going with the Wild. Last year was the year for the Wild. They the Wild doesn't do anything for me. Um, they'll be good. Yeah, they'll be they'll be a, they'll be a playoff team, but yeah. they're not they're not going to unseat them. Like, you know, they
3: Dallas didn't. They get got much where better. They,
2: No, they, the Wild got where they got last year. Uh, you know, Kaprizov is a stud. He's a star, top ten player in this league, no doubt about that. But. You know, you're going to get another 30 goals from Ryan Hartman this no. year? I wouldn't bet on that. I wouldn't bet on that. Um, you know, lost, and then Mark andre Fleury.
0: 37 years old.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. he, and he was great last year for the Hawks. And then when the playoffs came, and we've seen this a lot from him in recent years, playoffs come and it's like, uh-oh, he's a little leaky. You know, and the Wild are a team that can't afford to give up leaky goals in big situations because they don't have the scoring to come back. So... And they, they don't have Kevin Fiala. Um yeah, lost know. Fiala. Yeah. So th- the Avalanche, as long as the Avalanche try, <laughs> they're going to win the Central. <laughs> what is interesting to me is what happens in the playoffs when they get to that Western Conference final. You know, you got Edmonton again, that they're definitely there. And and which one of those teams has Patrick Kane in their lineup? <laughs> you know, that could be the difference. Well, it's exactly. funny that those are the don't two, off, you know. They know. Don't write off Calgary and their old pal Nazem Kadri. How much fun would that be to see Kadri versus the Avalanche in a seven-game series for the Western Conference? I, I mean, and it's funny you can't... Calgary's have... going to be a good playoff team.
3: Calgary's going to be good. It's it, it's We were you know we were like, oh, my God, they lost Goudreau and Kachuk. And it's just like, okay, but they brought in Huberto and Weger and Kadri and, like... They're going to be just fine. They became fine. a
2: better playoff team. They yeah, they're lost be just fine. those two guys, but they're, they're actually more. They're better suited for playoff hockey now than they were last year. And that's with losing Gaudreau and, and Kachuk, Goudreau which and is Kachuk, insane. Yeah. But they're a better playoff team. Huberto and Kadri and Uyghur, those guys are made for Stanley Cup playoffs.
0: I just love that Calgary did not. They had every right to just be like, oh, we got screwed and nobody likes us. They're like, all right, well. Let's make it happen, right? Well, Matthew the- Kachuk doesn't want to be here. Cool. Who's got the best deal for us? Let's go. And we're going to yeah. get Kadri. And we're going to – they mm-hmm. they did not sit and pout about it. They went and – and you you could argue got better, but I think they're at least as good as they were. It's different. And I think, you know, when you look at the names on the list, like you probably would like Matthew Kachuk over some of those guys. But, like, when you bring in the combination, then the story right. changes, right? Like, right. They're, very realistically, Calvary won that trade against – with florida especially as both teams Not are trying day. to win now yeah. mm-hmm. sure you want Kachuk chuck longer term because he's younger but like huberto's at the top of his game he's fantastic right now and you're and they're we, trying to win the stanley cup next year
3: yeah and Uyghurs one of the more underrated defensemen in the league yeah and and for for calgary like they already had a pretty solid defensive lineup to add to that like that's not bad. So, yeah, and, and they're and they're in the Pacific, so it's like Edmonton, Calgary, 1-2, and then the rest of them can figure it out from there.
2: Yeah, once they sign those two guys, Hubert and Uyghur to extensions, they won that trade. Like, if they only got those guys for one year, then it's like, what are we doing it's here? Tougher. But Calgary could have very easily followed up shop and said, well, that's it, we're rebuilding, we're starting from scratch. But they said, no, we're going to try and win a cup. Screw you, Johnny Gaudreau, we're going to win without you. <laughs> and they're going to try. They've got a really good shot. Um, and in a weak division, they got a really good shot of, of I mean, they're going to be a playoff team unless everybody gets hurt uh, And you got a coach that knows how to win a Stanley Cup and he's now he's got players that are more suited for his style of coaching um, He's got guys that he can ride a little harder and get that style of play that he's used to and that can make a big difference um, And if you give me for this upcoming up season, you give me Florida's roster, Calgary's roster. I'm taking Calgary's roster um you know long term I'll probably take Florida's, but for this season'll I'll take Calgary and and I think one of the biggest reasons they didn't do the full teardown and rebuild is because they're they're they've been trying so long up there to get a new arena and I think they got to be like if we got to win. The only way we're gonna get the, the the kind of deal we want to get out of a state of the art arena is we gotta have a good team. No one's gonna want to build a new arena for a last place team trying to yep. get a first the first overall pick. Yep. So I think that had a lot to do with them. Where teams in different situations could have been like, "That's it, we're losing our two best players. It's time to rebuild. Let's go cheap. Let's get reloaded." They're like, "No, screw it. We're gonna try and win a cup because we want a new building."
3: I mean, people in, in Arizona might might think differently than you, Greg, on that on that point. The but, Mullet uh, Arena,
2: the Mullet yeah. Arena. Well, who doesn't want to play in the Mullet Arena?
3: <laughs> no.
2: Just when you think it couldn't get any more embarrassing,
3: their uh, their new ECHL affiliate in Atlanta has a thirteen thousand yeah. seat capacity. So
2: cool, yeah. I'm leave it at and that. unless and, and and I know that like. The, the the naming behind the mullet arena. It's is an Arizona State thing. It's not the Coyotes, and I know it has to do with the family that donated a lot of money to help get that arena built. Last name happens to be mullet, but I mean, come on, <laughs> like, like you're gonna play in a four thousand oh, seat man. arena. It's called the mullet arena. You're in Arizona. It's like, who who's like if this was a TV show, I would have
3: stopped watching it two seasons ago. <laughs> like, this is who's this writing is, this crap. <laughs> this is a Leonard a letter Kenny. Shawrzey <laughs> story, storyline, yeah, like one hundred. I would
2: have, I've been like, man, this season of Letterkenny sucks. I'm watching something else. Very <laughs>
0: unrealistic. Yeah. All right. I have an idea, fellas. Uh, why don't Ooh, we start our weekends? An idea. Oh yeah. We um. Do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, tell us about Owen so we can leave. Owen
3: <laughs> is <laughs> Owen is spelled O W Y N. It stands for only what you need. Uh, and it is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works just as hard as you do. All of Owen's products are 100% uh, artific- uh, free of artificial ingredients. They don't contain any gluten or dairy. They are allergen-friendly and easily digestible. You may have heard about Owen from Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who also follows a plant-based diet. And right now, CHGO and Owen are partnering up to give you an awesome offer you can get 20% off of your first purchase when you go to liveowen.com and use the promo code CHGO20. That's 20% off at liveowen.com with the promo code CHGO20. So be like Justin Fields and uh, try some Owen. Uh, work hard and get some, uh, get some nutrition that works just as hard as you do. Again, that's
0: O-W-Y-N, Owen. All right, thanks for joining us on this uh, great week of Blackhawks content. A week into books means we are a week closer to the hockey season finally beginning. Uh, we'll have a lot to get to next week. Um, what it will be, who knows? But we'll do, <laughs> we do another we uh, opponent Chicago Wolves head
2: coach Brock Sheehan
0: in studio Monday. That That's right. That's going to be great, Brock Sheehan Monday. Um, w- uh, Women's
3: World Championship continuing uh, right now in Denmark yeah uh, yesterday team USA uh, slapping Japan all over the ice 10
0: nothing. so that's a good way to start
2: only 10 nothing.
3: they
0: didn't <laughs> even try yeah that's uh, I love the early round things like that especially in yeah, the women's just, game where it's so- let's just
2: skip right to the semis <laughs> yeah
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not good uh, by the way, uh, video game fans, if you missed it, the NHL 23 trailer came out yesterday and I think I had a stroke watching it. It is so much. Did you watch it? Either of you guys? Uh, Not yet, this no. is this
3: has probably been the least I've talked about and uh, cared about the, N- the NHL video game release. In a long time, but I will come around to reading about the the new additions and all the features and stuff. But yeah, I did see the trailer, and it was it was a headache to watch. It's chaos.
0: I am it is I am too old to process everything happening on the screen. Uh, very little of it is the actual game being played. But like a sucker, right. I will pre order and buy it like I do every year.
3: Well, and, and they're like <laughs> trying to like portray it as like the the world of like streaming the video game like video game streaming like online streaming and stuff like on twitch and 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 whatnot and it's just like it's so chaotic it's just like dude just just sell me the game like i don't need to you know have this experience of like oh watch this streamer playing nhl 23 and and oh oh my god it's trevor zeger like Okay, like can can I see like the graphics? Can I see <laughs> right. the 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 actual movement of the game? Like I don't need to, you don't need to sell me on the ex, the 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 experience of the game or like what the the culture of NHL twenty three. Chell,
0: like I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting old. No, you are, and <laughs> I am. Uh,
2: get old. off my lawn and just give yeah. me a hockey simulator. That's all I want.
0: Yes, that's it. All right, let's yeah. wrap the show up. We'll talk to everybody Monday. Reminder: one thirty p.m. Chicago Wolves head coach, uh, former Steel head coach, Brock Sheehan, will join us in studio. We'll talk to you then on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.